Welcome to episode 58 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking to Andy and Roger from the bands Turkish Techno, Tracy Soto, and Cigarette Machine. Three bands? Three, three bands, yes. Three bands that are actually still together and doing stuff, sort of, kind of. Turkish Techno hasn't done anything in a while, but they're not broken up or anything. You're going to hear about that later. Before I really get going, though, I'd like to tell you a joke. The other day, I walked into a pet shop. I, I was looking for a new pet. So I went up to the clerk and said, I'd like 12 bees. Do you have 12 bees that you can sell me, pet shop person? It came back and handed me 13 bees in a little bee carrying case, whatever that would look like. I said, oh, whoa, hold on, hold on. I only asked for 12. Why are you giving me 13? Don't charge me for 13 bees. I only want 12. And the pet shop person said, oh, no, sir. That one is a freebie. This is a freebie. Thank you. Good way to start here. Yep. This is kind of an interesting thing. You're getting three bands for the price of one with this episode. That's great. That's great. The I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast delivers value. That's more bang for your buck, that kind of thing. All at the highest level of quality and service that you can get. You're welcome. Turkish Techno. This is the band that introduced me to the two gentlemen that we're going to hear from in a little bit in the interview part of this episode. I first met Andy and Roger I close to 10 years ago. Maybe it's actually around 8 years ago. No, no, no. It was about 10, maybe 11 years ago, something like that. I'll go back. There's a story where I met Roger, the drummer of Turkish Techno. At the time, that was the only band they had going. They weren't these multitasking people that they are now. I met Roger prior to meeting the rest of the band kind of thing. Uh, we'll get to that in the interview. It's actually pretty funny. So I uh, officially, I met Andy and Roger at this thing called Way Out West Fest in Tucson, Arizona back in 2012. Now these court jesters of punk rock were there at Way Out West Fest and they were playing and they were selling a t-shirt that was the infamous, now infamous, Dicks, Dicks, Dicks shirt, which basically was the image of several penises uh, laid out in such a way that it was like a pentagram. Get it? Dicks, 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 six, six, six. Okay, yeah. It's a classic design, I think. Kind of a t-shirt for the ages. I bought one. I had a couple beers with Andy and Roger. I watched them play. A fucking great set. I love Turkish techno. They're a great band. All these bands are great, truly. I love them. <laughs> At the end of their set, Andy's girlfriend, Sasha, uh, tackled him while he was on stage. So yes, Turkish techno does always put on a great show. They are my kind of people. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. I got really, really drunk at that Way Out West Fest, by the way. Like, super fucking drunk. It was a daytime show. We played, like, the last slots of a daytime series of shows that we were having. There were two stages. There was an outdoor one. That's where Turkish Techno played. We played, like, the indoor stage. And, oh, my God, I could barely play. I could barely play. I got a hold of the microphone at some point in the show and told all of Arizona that it could go fuck itself because, at the time, there was this really harsh anti-immigration law that they had put that the state had enacted. It was fucked up. I can't even remember what it was now, but I don't know if that law got, you know, however the fuck they get rid of laws or whatever when they're really shitty like this one. They might have gotten rid of it. I should actually I'm gonna look into that and I'll report back. I'll get back to you. What happened? Got really drunk, got in front of a microphone, 
told the entire state of Arizona it could go fuck itself, and then also said, well, actually, if anyone in the crowd wants to pay for me to go get a tattoo at this tattoo shop that was right around the corner of the Death Star blowing up Arizona, that'd be great. And yet nobody took me up on it. I was in Arizona talking shit to an entire crowd filled with people from Arizona. Kind of dumb, dumb move on my part. Through the years, Tilt Wheel has played with either Turkish Techno or Tracy Soto many, many times, usually at this place that was called VLHS in Pomona, California. RIP VLHS. Fucking great place. We'll hear a little bit about VLHS in the interview, too. And what that meant playing with Turkish Techno or Tracy Soto was spending some quality time with Andy and the rest of the kind of family of Turkish Techno and that whole kind of crew, the Riverside crew, in the parking lot of VLHS drinking. Those were fucking great, great times. Over the period of a couple years, we played at VLHS a few times. And yeah, that was super fun. They're all super rad people, completely rad people. This episode, I do feel, I want to say this, it's been a long time coming. This has always been kind of in my head since I started the podcast. One of the big things I wanted to do was talk to bands that like I've played with or I'm kind of friends with or something like that. These bands all fall under that category for sure. Another reason I wanted to do this episode is I've said in the last couple of episodes how I was going to kind of shift focus a little bit and talk about more things that are going on now, you know, like things to do with racism, things to do with how to be more anti-racist, be a little bit more educational, kind of get some things out there that would be more helpful than my usual shtick. I know this seems like maybe I'm going straight back into what I normally do. Eh, in a way I am, but one of the main reasons I wanted to do this, as I was saying before I interrupted myself, is I know Andy and a lot of his friends, and that's a lot of my friends as well, have been going to Black Lives Matter protests in the Riverside area and also the big, huge one that was in Hollywood last weekend. So I wanted to talk to him about that. I wanted to see, hey, like kind of get the the man in the street type of information about what the protests are like, what's going on with that. So we talk about that. That was one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this at this time, because I thought that perspective would be good to have and just give an idea of what kind of really goes on at these protests to people that maybe haven't been to one. We'll hear from Andy about that a little bit more later, for sure. I did want to say definitely look for more episodes, especially coming up soon over the next month or so moving forward. I should say that we'll be dealing with more like black history and black perspectives, that type of thing, more educational stuff. As I've already said, there's a lot of work to do. There is a lot of work to do to fight racism. And that's what I'm trying to do in my own little way. So the episode itself, here is how this episode is going to go. The song at the very beginning is a Turkish techno song, and it is called Breakfast of Champions. After this little intro part, we are going to hear some words from the Riverside African American Historical Society with some ways that you can help support them and what they do. Then the song Boats by Turkish Techno. Part one of the interview with Andy and Roger will follow that part. And just so you know, we are doing some Green Day trivia with Andy and Roger. And shit's tight. It's only old Green Day, more or less up to the warning years. Pretty much, pretty much. Following part one of the interview with Andy and Roger, we are going to have another little interlude with some words from Mutual Aid Network Los Angeles. 
then the song Bananas by Tracy Soto. Part two of the interview follows that. I'll be back to say a couple things. At the very end, I'm going to leave you with the song Takes Some Time by Tracy Soto. Well, let's get to it. Here we go. The mission statement of the African-American Historical Society of Riverside, California is this, to preserve the Inland Empire's African-American culture and historical heritage. The Riverside African-American Historical Society emanated from a Riverside Municipal Museum Advisory Committee established in 1996. It was officially incorporated on February 3, 2000 as a nonprofit benefit corporation. The purpose of the Riverside African American Historical Society is to advocate for and promote a strong, visible presence in the community, to educate and share information among cultural organizations and entities, to hold steadfast to the moral standards of our heritage. And lastly, the vision of the organization is to create, operate, and maintain an African American cultural center for the permanent exhibition of African-American artifacts and historical memorabilia. If you would like to donate to the Riverside African-American Historical Society, please visit www.raahs.org forward slash donate. Also, check the rest of the website for events, news, and more. Welcome to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. I have Andy and Roger of Turkish Techno, Tracy Soto, 
and Cigarette Machine, kind of the Riverside triathlon of bands, I would say, in this case. Uh, you guys have been together in all these bands for how long? When did you guys first meet and start playing in a band and stuff like that? Andy, you remember the dates. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm a bad boyfriend. <laughs> uh, so, so we first practiced together with our buddy Zach. Uh, with a band called Samsara uh, that we were in for, I don't know, three, four years. Actually, longer than that. Uh, it overlaps with Circus Techno for a while. July 5th, uh, 2005. So coming up here, it'll be me and Roger's 15th year band. 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. And that was a band that you were both in before, before Turkish Techno? Yeah. Yeah, it was called their first band. Our first band together, yeah. Oh, okay. Roger Rod was in a, a fucking killer Riverside band called In Opposition when he was in like high school and shit. And so was Dustin at some point. They had a lot of rotating members. I'm not real clear on that, but I, I was aware of that and I didn't I didn't know him. In Opposition, that was was that your first band, Roger? Yes, it was. Um, I think I was what in '98. That was '98. Okay, '98. Wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. You've been going for a long time. So yeah. is Turkish Techno still a band or no? Yeah, we are. We're, we haven't stopped. Um, we stopped jamming. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we haven't stopped hanging out. We're all still hanging out. Just, just, I guess we're just waiting or seeing what's going on. Just kind of because you, you have Tracy Soto and Cigarette Machine are also both. Is one of those bands more active or more important than the other? Or is there not really like... Do you rank them? Do you go, well, okay, Tracy Soto's priority, Cigarette Machine's kind of like a fun little project in Turkish techno is like, well, we'll get around to it whenever we kind of feel like. Well, it's kind of like whoever asks, I guess. Uh, usually when we get shows, somebody asks for a band, so whoever's available. <laughs> like, take your pick, and this guy's here. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> we'll, try to, we'll try to make it happen. You take your pick, we're in three. Difficulty coordinating the, the, the techno guys, you know, and, and me and Roger just kind of wanted to do some other shit. But, but no, I, I, I think we hold them all in equal esteem, you know, like in terms of how important they are to us. Um, you know, I, I do a lot more writing for Soto and, and techno than I do for uh, cigarette machine. I think that's probably true of Roger too. Cause a lot of people probably don't know, but Roger writes like all the good songs. <laughs> I had no idea. Really? Oh, you write the songs on guitar and everything, or what? No, I, I don't know how to play guitar, so usually I'll ask one of the guys to, I'll hum uh, the melody or whatever noise comes out of my mouth. They'll, you know, these guys are great, so they'll just uh, play the guitar to whatever they think, and we'll go with it. Holy crap, I had no time. idea. Wow, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh? Yeah, so. Someone kill me in my sleep. I mean, I think, yeah. You, you, the band's covered. The band's covered. So you're kind of, you're just, you're, you could be replaced by a robot at some point. Roger just kind of has to tell it what to do. Like, here, just do this. And write, okay, perfect. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> and there, it is fucking incredible because, like, I, you know, I fancy myself an, an okay lyricist and shit. Like, Roger will shit out, like, fucking 16 words and people love it. Like, so you write <laughs> lyrics too, Roger? You write some of the lyrics too? Yes. No kidding. Yeah, whatever song. Yeah, whatever song I sing, I, I pretty much write the lyrics. So. Oh, do you do? I didn't. I never noticed you doing any any singing. Do you do sing some of the songs like live or what? And yeah, in Turkish techno and uh, Tracy Soto, I'll sing the songs live while I'm playing drums. I didn't so. know that. I never. I don't know why I never noticed that. Huh? 
You know why? Because usually Dustin is also singing along with oh, me. Oh, maybe that's why. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, I'm looking more at the guy like right up in front of me. So, okay. I didn't know you were that multi-talented. I, I always look at things from my perspective, like, you know, a drummer going to play drums tonight. Fun. And I don't think like, oh, you know, these little nuances of talent you might have going on behind the scenes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm usually forced into it, you know, like, um, usually when we're jamming a song, we'll, we'll make the music first. So then, then I'll, you know, I'll say, so someone come up with lyrics and, or a melody for, for, for lyrics and, um, no one want to do it. They'll say, why don't you do it? And I'll say like, uh, I have like an idea and I'll, and I'll show them my idea. And, and Andy usually say, just, just do it. Just do it. Fuck it. <laughs> so, Let him up. All right. Yeah. That's cool, man. I never knew that. What does, what's the story behind the name Turkish techno? How did you guys come up with that name? Uh, uh, that Andy came up with it actually. Really? Yeah. So, uh, Simsara, there. This was like 2005 to 2007, I guess, and then a little bit beyond that. There was a million bands called Samsara, right? And so Zach was like, like we gotta change the name, we gotta change the name. And I, I had gone with uh, my sister and brother-in-law to Amsterdam, and we got fucked up, and I at Smokey's, which is the only bar in Amsterdam where you, where you can still drink and smoke at the same time. Oh, level. okay. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, we we were jet lagged as fuck and I was like the person I was there with was throwing up in a canal and like my brother in law was flying all on Vienna. And Heineken's are like eight percent there or something crazy. Oh so it's actually that's like legit beer then shit face. Uh, we're standing near the dom, and uh, this little tiny car pulls up, packed full of fucking dudes. There's like six fucking dudes in this little, little tiny car. It was probably running on, and it was just like this, like this, you know, like techno beat. <laughs> right. I'm aware of this, <laughs> you know. And then this, like, you know, like, like fucking, like, really, it was cool. Like, I was like, oh, Crazy shit I've ever heard in my life. And I turned my turned to my brother in law, who who's a quarter Turkish. I was like, What the fuck music is that? And he's all, Oh, you know, this Dutch accent, you know, Flutie Flutie is this uh uh Turkish techno, you've never heard it? And I was like, What no, dude? And then I was like, oh, okay, great. So and that that was right about the time we were talking about changing Samsara name, um, which was kind of Zach's deal, you know, that was like his his thing. <laughs> that was like his baby, like his his thing. Yeah, you know? so I came, yeah. I I came home and I was like, that called band Turkish techno. And he said, Andy, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little jilted, and um, so we kind of we kind of had a little. I had a falling out with Zach because I invited a bunch of people to the barbecue while we were supposed to be recording and shit. It was tortured and actually it was fun. When we started this band, which was like literally that week, the week we decided to stop playing Samsara, we were like, well, what should we call it? And I was like, oh, who cares? You know, Turkish techno. And then Roger was just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, sounds good. All right. Just to continue to fuck with Zach. <laughs> so you named the band like partly out of a, like a really drunk memory and partly out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right. That's kind of the best name in a way. So equal helping, I would say. Equal of, uh, of, 
fun and and fight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what about Tracy Soto? What's the what's the connotation with like undercover cops and the name Tracy Soto? What is what, tell give me spill the beans on that one for me. <laughs> and Paul Silver is uh, involved yeah. in this story, right? Is Paul Silver involved in the 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 Tracy Soto name? I mean, I'm sure he's he was at least adjacent to it, if not like like completely involved in it. But oh. there was um when when VLHS was uh, about I don't know three or four years old, and, and keep in mind the 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 precursor to VLHS had been shut down by cops sending like undercover cops sending their fucking kids to a show to find oh. a- the twelfth and G. They re- really that was how the place got shut down. Oh yeah, they they were digging through the fucking trash and they found a bag with like weed residue. It didn't even have didn't even have weed in it. It just weed residue, and it was the kid. And, like somebody gave the kid a beer, you know. Oh uh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it was like thirteen or fourteen or something like that. So, yeah, fucking pig. So it was like three or four years into the VHS, and it was you know it was revered uh, and and becoming quite popular. All of a sudden, this like this profile showed up with this like kind of hip looking girl, young girl, uh, woman, I should say. Um, or I don't know, whatever person, whatever, sure. uh, holding a cat, and uh, <laughs> and and it was just like obviously a cop, right? Like she just within within it was on Facebook, and within like I don't know a week, literally infiltrated everybody's friends list, and so we were well, like, that, wow. That's where Paul Silver comes in because Paul Silver was the one who. Who flagged her out? He like started. Oh, oh really? Oh, the cop out of the cop, huh? Okay, okay. <laughs> He's like, do you guys all, know all this person started messaging everybody? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tracy Soto was the name of this person that was like trying to figure out what was going on with VLHS in a way or something. Yeah, so they were start, they were asked where the shows were. Oh God! Oh. Hey, can anybody tell me where the punk show is? Or anything like that. Yeah. I, I think it was probably pretty frustrating for whoever did that because once once we realized, like, it was pretty relentless. And then and then the the nat- naturally the conversation just turned to like, well, that's a great band. And there actually was a band, uh, Danny Bailey. I mean, band. I, I use that term loosely because I don't think they ever like recorded anything. Or, even played in the same room, but they they kind of called dibs on it, called the Tracy Sotos. Oh, and uh, and then when we started jamming with Saul and um, and Roger and, and you know what eventually became Tracy Soto, um, we were like, hey, Josh, Tracy Soto. Yeah, so we're pretty sure it was a cop who was just trolled to fucking death, but we don't know, and that's why the whole like. I'm a total cop. I'm not a cop thing comes in. <laughs> right. The last time I'm going to use that fucking shtick. And and one song opens up, you know, I'm a fucking cop. Everybody hates me. And then the other one's like, I was driving to practice one day and I was kind of fucked up. And I was like, what if this poor person's not a fucking cop? The crazy <laughs> thing <is> so <laughs> right. You just ruined somebody's <laughs> life, man. <laughs> yeah. Totally fucking shit all over this person. <laughs> Go to Cal State Long Beach and fucking hang out with her cat and catch a good show and shit. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to hang out with people. Like, why does everybody hate me? Oh, my God. <laughs> Again, the inside jokes and all of that, it just never really translates all that well. And so now we have a fucking a, an Op Ivy shirt with a Bobby on it. And it's like, 
Oh man, that's great. You're gonna have to explain that at fucking every turn, you know. Uh, so right, right. Like, like I, wait, why is this a cop on this operation? Yeah. I'm sure. Well, let me okay. You got a minute? Come here. Sit down. Let me tell you all about it. <laughs> Can I buy you a beer? And then we'll or you buy me a beer for that story. That'd be better, actually. As far as band members in Turkish techno versus Tracy Soto, it it's you two guys and then Josh. Is it Josh? You tell or who are, who are the members? Okay, so Josh plays, what, guitar in Turkish bass. techno too? Oh, bass. Okay, okay. Josh, Josh plays bass. I, we all sing, So and Sal plays guitar. That's the difference between Turkish techno is Dustin plays guitar, and Casey plays bass. Oh, okay. And those, those two guys are from Dude's Night, which was another kind of uh, the principal... Uh, VLHS 12G band. Yeah, dude, uh, I love Dude's Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're broken up now, though, right? Yeah, I mean, so they did that whole like last show thing. I mean, that that's kind of where techno's at. We're never gonna be like, well, this is our last show, you know? Sure, sure. There's never yeah. gonna be like a definitive like no. breakup or done moment or anything like that. No, because we're still a band. We still hang out. Yeah, sure, we're yeah. still. <laughs> and you don't feel <laughs> like it's done. Like if neither you feel like it's like, done. Pretty much, we we were just waiting on Dustin because Dustin had a ba- uh, kid, and he, you know, we gave him his space. So yeah. whenever he's ready. Yeah, I hear that. Cigarette Machine, who's in the band? Cigarette Machine. All right, so Cigarette Machine is Aaron Ohio's baby project, right ah, there. Okay, Aaron. So, yes. Good old Aaron. So the, Aaron Ohio. The tilt wheel cover and, cover act <laughs> from his way yeah. early days. Yes. Oh yeah. And yeah. Tim also from Horror Squad. Yeah. You know? Oh, Tim. Oh, okay. So, okay, so it's you oh, two, yeah, you two, Tim and Aaron. Yeah, there's five. Oh, there's, there's five. Josh plays the guitar. Oh, okay, gotcha. Josh, the bass player from Tracy Soto, is in. He plays guitar and cigarettes. Uh, and there's absolutely no. So, do you have enough songs to do a record pretty soon, or what? Aaron's probably. I got think we do. Songs, yeah. I mean, the, Aaron's very prolific writer, and 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 it's, you know, and, and good high quality stuff. Yeah, actually, we were getting ready to do something before all this uh, COVID stuff happened. Oh, okay. So maybe, yeah, hopefully when things, it's a little bit safer, you should be working on some stuff than recording maybe and stuff like that. Cool. Okay. Let's do some trivia. Green Day trivia. So question number one in Green Day trivia. The band Green Day formed in the year 1987, but wasn't initially called Green Day. What was the name of the band before it was called Green Day? Sweet children. Sweet children, it is. It is sweet All children. All that shit, Rod. <laughs> Very good. Question number two, true or false? The name Green Day is a reference to Billy Joe and Mike Durnt's love of cannabis. Is that false? Because it's a song, right? No, so supposedly. <laughs> no, no. So that would leave Andy. And what would you answer? Because <laughs> you'd say tr- in 2001, Billy Joe said, yes, they named the band after Weed. And that he also thought Green Day was the worst possible band name in the entire world. 
supposed, but they were 15. They were, no, no, they were like 17 or something like that when they changed the name. Question number three, this one's all about drummers. Green Day signed to Lookout Records in 1988 and in 1989 released their first EP, 1,000 Hours. This is multiple choice. This was pre-Trey Cool times for Green Day. Who played drums on the first EP? Is it A, Jim Kiffmeister? Is it B, John Kiffmeyer? Or John Kiffmeyer? Or C, John Krikafalushi? You are correct. You are correct. The history of all the bands that you've been in together. What's some of the worst shit that's ever happened? Like sometimes in any one of the bands, just pick like one thing where you were just either one of you were like, ah, man, fuck this shit. I'm out. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Have you ever had any moments like that or something close to that? Oh, good. Good. Okay, good. We got some dirt here. Okay. I mean, we pretty much live fuck this shit land for a good solid seven or eight years. Yeah, Turkish techno, pretty much. That's how we roll. That's how you roll. Yeah. I mean, we're, well, so, yeah. So, initially, like with Josh, so our, our original bass player, Josh Paduna, I mean, we, it was just like this contest to see who could behave the worst and, like, just fuck things up. Not, not like it was. It was very playful, you know what I mean. But it was, it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Roger would always disappear, and like you know, <laughs> show the fucking show. We've been sitting in a van for fucking twenty four. We did dumb shit, dude. We did dumb shit because we, we didn't know how to fucking hurt. Like they would be like, "Well, plan something, Andy," and I'm like, "You're counting on me to fucking do something? Like I'm, I'm." Exactly as drunk as you are right now. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what you. So we, we try to. We do. never write. We never write set lists. So it's, <laughs> we just go up there with our instruments and like. <laughs> hey, what do you guys want to play? Yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you want to play? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we were just we we were nervous wrecks. I was anyway. Like in hindsight, I I always thought I was like a super stable dude. Like not stable, but like even keeled, you know. What I mean, like I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and it turns out I was fucking drunk all the time. And, <laughs> um, and because we were fucking nervous, I mean, we just we were like, we don't know how to do this band thing. Like all these other fuckers know what they're doing. They fucking know people. We didn't fucking know anybody. Most of our um, tenure was just walk, <laughs> you know, like sure. Ryan. Their heads fucking mentioned us in a, some some interview he gave to Sam North from fucking that would eventually start Traffic Street Records and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like we're dating ourselves here, but the the seven or so songs we had on on MySpace went from getting like fifteen plays a day to like fifteen hundred plays a day. Oh wow! What the fuck is going on? And so then then like everybody wanted us to do shit and. Oh, you know, write more songs, but not everybody. But there, I mean, there was de- definitely a, a niche. But like, there was a lot of there was a lot of interest in like, oh, do you guys have fun? You know, Dave, Dave Disorder from Tampa and ADD Records and and Traffic Street, and eventually Dirt Cult uh, with Chris Mason, and and we just never did anything. I mean, we literally what we did at practice was mostly play Halo Three. 
(laughs) (laughs) So you'd play video games more than you'd actually like practice and write songs and do this and that. Like, or it's just an excuse to kind of hang out. I mean, that's a thing. You're all buddies more or less. Yeah. Did Turkish techno ever really like tour? Did you guys ever do a nationwide or anything like that? You went out to fest though, didn't you? Didn't you guys go out to fest a couple times? Yeah, we did the fest. We did uh, D Fourth of July, which oh, you was did? my oh, first yeah, tour yeah, yeah. sober. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, that, I remember that that's right first. around that time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember talking so to Andy about was, that at one point because the first time I met so you, that was awful for me. The first time I met you, <laughs> you were drunk as shit at off where that you guys played with off where their heads in San Diego, and I wasn't even in Tilt Wheel. I was in like a hiatus thing, and I was just standing out front yeah. talking to somebody. I didn't even know you, and you jumped on my back. <laughs> Grab me, <laughs> and then just walked away. And I was like, yeah. "So I think that was the dude that plays drums for Turkish techno." Because I saw Turkish techno that was the first time, and I was talking to Davey. I was like, "Who's that? This band's fucking rad. I like him." He's like, "Oh, it's Turkish techno from Riverside." Oh, okay. And then after that, I was and you fucking grabbed me, and then just walked away like nothing happened. I was like. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Well, cool. <laughs> I was like, that's a, that's a friendly, that's a friendly fellow, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I do that kind of stuff you every would, once in a while. You would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. You listed a couple of kind of baddish times. What about some of the, wow. the best times? What about some of the best times you've ever had? Fuck, I don't know. Is that a, that's a broad question. It's like, well, hmm. a lot of it's been good, right? I mean, obviously you two have been playing together for years and years and it's like the, the band's I, share members that you're still all you're all kind of involved in so yeah i mean for me the best times it's just when you're playing you know just being up on stage and hanging out with your friends especially yeah, yeah those, yeah. Are, those, those yeah. are the best you know whatever happens before the show or after the show i mean you don't really remember those things too much because usually there's other stuff involved, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> like sure. alcohol. Right. But, I mean, we played some fun shows. We played with awesome bands. We played with MTX, uh, well, Dr. Frank, you know, Ryan off at their heads. Played with Tilt Wheel. I mean, just bands that we like. Chewbacca. Yeah, I had to throw a little Chewbacca in there for That's good. No, I mean, I know you look at it as just this is a good time this is fun we get to hang out with our friends play music play with bands that we like to play with that we like already etc kind of a win-win situation in a lot of ways exactly that's how i see it it is uh, it is a very expensive and rewarding hobby and that's always because we always had you know we always all worked you know what i mean like we couldn't we couldn't be these like I, and I never understood. I mean, I wish I had the fucking the, the like fire in my belly to do that shit. But, but we just, you know, I I worked every day of my life since I'm 15. Like, I don't, I I wouldn't. It's a vacation. If we go out of town, it's fucking vacation. And even still, I mean, I'm fucking generally on the phone a bunch of times. You know, like like dealing with work shit and all that. So, and 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 I I with roger i mean hanging out with these guys in his fucking garage for 15 years has probably been the most important part of the whole thing for me oh, that's <laughs> right. really that's great. Yeah. like i don't know it's uh and, and and i'm you know i'm proud of i'm proud of what we've done you know sure. especially you no know, i mean we, we wrote a bunch of songs 
some of them are fucking absolute trash, but like a lot of them, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fond of. And, and that sure. was always my thing. Like I, in high school and shit like that, I was in all these bands where I was like, fuck, I don't, even, I don't even like this. You know what I mean? Like, but they'll have, you know, and, um, and really like, I guess Sam Sarr to a certain degree, but, but with techno, it was like, okay, this is on us, you know, and if people, people like it, and especially if they're screaming that shit back in your face, it's just like, wow, this is just really neat. That's an accomplishment for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, exactly. yeah, that is a big accomplishment for sure. Mutual Aid Network Los Angeles is a resource to ensure our needs are met, to get involved in our communities, and to counteract the difficult reality that we cannot rely on our elected officials or corporations to help us during this pandemic. We are volunteer-run, funded by community members, transparent, and designed to build solidarity and community power rather than merely provide charity. Mutual Aid Network LA is currently gathering and distributing supplies, services, and resources to the Los Angeles community. Whether you need support, know someone who needs support, or can offer support, we are all in this together. The Mutual Aid Network is growing every day, and we invite all individuals and organizations to reach out, join us, and help build this network so we can support as many Angelinos as possible. Visit www.mutualaidla.org. To request or offer support, make a donation, volunteer, and get connected with additional resources. During this time of crisis, community is more important than ever.
Now, since you two have known each other for a really long time, I think you know each other pretty well. Let's ask, we'll start with Andy. And I want to ask you a question about Roger. Okay. What is, what is the weirdest thing about Roger that you can think of? What is something that you might have to go up to somebody and say, if he's acting a certain way, you might have to go. Don't, no, no, don't worry about that's just what Roger does. That's just Roger, you know, like, (laughs) like a quirk or like a weird part of his personality that's different from anybody else that, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know how weird it is. You know, he, he, he's a really anxious guy and, and kind of a fucking perfectionist. Um, oh, oh, one thing I have had to explain to people recently is I was like, you don't tell Roger what to play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you can, you can try and that's fine. Um, it's generally gonna make him lose interest in your band <laughs> and he might even make you. He might even make you start paying for the rehearsal space, you know what I mean? And uh, and that's fucking hilarious because it, you know, I don't. It, it was always a trust thing. Like we we all wrote in techno. Like everybody was writing songs and writing songs. I mean, otherwise we would have never gotten anything done. We didn't get that much done anyway. But uh, I was just, you know, Roger will come up with some wild shit, and then he'll either it'll either be like, oh, that's fucking awesome, or he'll talk himself out of it. Like you don't need to you don't need to comment on anything. And the last thing you want to do as another as a member of a band that Roger's playing drums is is be like, well, like I I I abandoned that. I don't know that I ever really fucking did that, but I've seen it happen. And Roger's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got, oh really? Uh, I, that's one. That's probably one of my favorite things about Roger. But you know. He would he would get really anxious, and we never really understood it as like being anxious or anything like that. We we're just fucked up, and we'd be sick of being in the car together, and we drove each other nuts all the time. And, and he would just disappear, like he would fucking disappear. And we'd be like, "All right, well, we've got a show in fucking thirty minutes, and we have no idea where Roger. Like, where's Roger? Where did Roger go? Yeah, and you know, he'd be at some bar, and he would come back. You know." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's probably the weirdest thing. I don't, I don't know anything else. Like you pull a disappearing act. Like, wait, what? He was just oh, here. Like, where did he go? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, go check the bar. He's around the corner at the bar. Okay. Do you yeah, still, now that you don't drink, do you still, tank. would you still do that or no? No, I don't drink anymore, but I do disappear. It's not, it's <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess the way I like to explain it, if we're on tour and I do it, it's usually because I never get to go to these places, you know, unless oh. I'm with a band or something. So, yeah. so I'm taking advantage, and I'm going to go look around. I go You're going to go check things out. I yeah, am. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. But you don't say anything to anybody else. You're like, uh, they're busy. Okay, I'm going to go check things out like that. I get it. Okay. Yeah, I've, been hanging, I've been hanging out with these guys, for, you know, for like eight hours <laughs> right. in a band. Maybe it's a so. drummer thing, because I do that shit, too. Like, where'd Bob go? I don't know. Yeah, I think I took a subway once in Chicago. You know, I ended up at the zoo. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, what about you tell me, Roger, something about Andy? Something quirky, weird, interesting, <laughs> or something you would have to explain about Andy to somebody else because they'd be like, he's fucking crazy or something. You're like, no, 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 no. That's just how Andy does things. <laughs> All right, well, I guess something weird. 
embarrassing, I guess. I'm embarrassing. About the anything. more embarrassing, yeah. the better. Yes, yes, for sure. Andy has, I, I don't know if it's a phobia or whenever he sees his own blood, he uh, faints. And oh, he no. starts going into convulsions. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not whenever I see my, I see my own blood all the fucking time. It's like, I seriously fucking injure myself. Well, yeah, I mean, really other things going on. So have you seen Andy and like first, majorly injured then? <laughs> like where he's like gushing out like ah, fucking tourniquet. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember once um, he came in my house. You know, he, he was coming over and he walked in. He was full of blood. His legs was full of blood. And I guess he had fallen outside. Uh, somebody took off the cover for the manhole. Oh, so shit. it was dark and he, he fell right in it. And his whole shin was opened up. Oh, damn. And, um, oh. Wait, it took the fucking yeah. heat. I still, to this fucking day, I, I can get it up there and show you, but it filleted me. I, I had to get like 13 stitches on that shit. And it, oh. it literally took all the heat <laughs> off the front of my bone. Because it, it was a sewage clean out. It was only like, it wasn't a manhole. A person couldn't fit. Like, it was like this big. Oh damn! And it <laughs> and it wedged my fucking chin in it and it fucking delayed my shin. Oh, and we were at oh. I went. Okay. The reason I went out to my car was to get the other bottle of tequila that I had. Oh, yeah. I think you need to sterilize the wound. So yeah. 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 <laughs> See, once again, he's exaggerating. See, this is what I'm talking about. It wasn't that bad. It was bad, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts going into convulsions. <laughs> <laughs> he was fine until he saw his blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said, eyes are rolling back. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Andy, you're going to make was, it. You're going to pull through, man. <laughs> and I think we were playing Halo or something. And, and you know, we were too busy to help him out because we were in the middle of a game. <laughs> Good Cheryl's off. Turn off the Nintendo. Andy's having a seizure. <laughs> Come on, it's not called the Nintendo. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the Xbox. <laughs> Meanwhile, Andy's convulsing in the back, and and it, then it happened a second time where he scared my dog. I have a Doberman, so it's a big dog. It's already kind of sketchy. It's a rescue dog. It's already kind of sketchy, anyway, but. Uh, Andy, whenever you walk in the door, the dog goes nuts and starts barking. It's just a little quirk it has. And it's kind of intimidating. It's Doberman barking at you. So yeah. Andy decides to scare it. He goes, he raises his arms like he's a big monster. And he goes, ah! Oh, Doberman. Now who's exaggerating? I said, I know, I know. Like that was me. <laughs> you were mocking me. You guys sound like an old married couple. You honestly kind of do. Like Roger's like, and he's like, put a ghost costume on his to the dog. You know? And Annie's like, no, no. I was like, hey, pal. You know, like, wait a minute. There's a truth is somewhere in the middle of those two things, I think. You know? so, so dog bites him right in the leg, right below the oh, butt shit. cheek. Oh, shit. Oh. like, ass, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> my. like, fucking three different spots, dude. That motherfucker, Eddie, was quick. That dog is a killer. So 
so then he starts going into convulsions again. What do you see? Oh, the I blood? <laughs> sat down. Sat down. I got a little woozy. I was very drunk. Did you have Fuck to send off. somebody back to your what truck for your the, the spare bottle of tequila that you keep in your truck, or was that? <laughs> yeah, no, no, this time this you should have it like behind a glass a case, like like do not break break under when Andy starts bleeding. Only open under emergency. Okay. Yeah, Andy. Andy's medicine is a cigarette and some whiskey. That's oh, all you need. You you know? Hey, that's sometimes that's all you need, you know. So I'm 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 on track with that. We're like, we don't need to go to a hospital. No, 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 no. Give him a give him a shot and a smoke. He's good. He's cool. Fine. He's cool. I said that you know, fucking it didn't it didn't stop bleeding through the band aid for about two weeks. But, you know, no big fucking deal, Rod. <laughs> oh man yeah so for the next next week and a half we were sending we were sending memes of each other uh werewolf memes because <laughs> we thought andy was going to turn into a werewolf <laughs> oh, no. a were doberman the one, the one, yes. the band was just roasting me on the chat the whole time and i think I saw, you know the when Snoop Dogg turns into the Doberman, <laughs> fucking in the first oh, video, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be, I don't know, a hundred times within the same. Like, oh my god! <laughs> uh, some, some Teen Wolf. Let's get to round two of the trivia. Round two of the Green Day trivia. Question number four: Trey Cool became Green Day's permanent drummer. Sometime around 1990 or 1991, and that was after he filled in for John Kiffmeyer while Kiffmeyer was away at school. This is another multiple choice question. What is Trey Cool's real name? Is it A, Frank Edwin Williams II, B, Francis Edwin White III, or C, Frank Edwin Wright III? B. 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 B is incorrect. B is not correct, actually. Yes. Roger, yes. So I'm gonna go with A. A is also incorrect. No. Is also incorrect. <laughs> His name is, it's Frank Edwin Wright the third. Frank Edwin Wright the third. Okay. Yes. Trey Cool. How he got Trey Cool out of that, I have no idea. Question number five. <laughs> I'd like for one of you to name three songs. Off of Green Day's 1994 record, Dookie. Uh, Basket case, pulling teeth, when I come around, FOD. Good enough. You got it. Yes, you were. You're, yes, you got it. You got it. Good job. Good job, Andy. All right. All right. Question number six. Green Day has been very successful, commercially speaking, selling over 85 million records worldwide since they formed. The question here is, which of Green Day's albums sold the most copies out of their entire catalog of records? I'm going to say Dookie. You are correct. It was Dookie. Dookie sold 20 million copies worldwide. 20 
fucking, fucking million records. Uh, the number two was American Idiot. That sold 16 million copies worldwide. This is really the last question before we do the final trivia question. Kind of about current events. But Andy, I know you've been you've been protesting, right? Yeah, I, well, yeah, I mean, I haven't been fucking getting shot and body slamming cops and shit like Gen Z, but, uh, but I put, you know, put my white ass body out there. That's good. Okay. All right. How about you, Roger? Have you gone out to any, any of the protests or anything like that? No, not personally. I haven't, but I do support it. You know, um, I don't know. It's crazy times, but we do need a change. Yeah. And if I could be out there, I would go out there. I hear you. That's good. I mean, it, it's you recognize the fact that shit's got to change, man. It's fuck, fucked up yeah. right now, I would say for sure. Well, I'm brown and proud, but I've been on both sides of the law. You know, I've been hit before, I, but at the same time, I was talking shit, so I don't know. Uh, right, <laughs> you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, for me, like the only time I ever gotten any kind of grief from the cops was when if I talked shit back to them, and then it was on, but it was like being a white kid, they don't wouldn't even fuck with me like oh just go ahead go home you know like but if i talk right. shit that was a get in the back of the fucking car you know that kind of that kind of thing when we were drunk i mean imagine how many times we had to deal with the cops so, oh so my god we met both yeah you know, just 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 uh some cops are cool some cops were assholes yeah. so you know yeah. and it's 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 they're people i get it the system is fucked we need to change it good deal good well deal. i mean so my my whole thing, what this has really brought to the forefront for me is like, think about what we're asking these relatively untrained, like the worst people from your high school to do, right? Like nobody, nobody that I knew that had any any talent or fucking, you know, was gonna go to school or was gonna do something, you know, something else. Like ambition, like, like no, no, yeah, no. Right, <laughs> Becoming a cop is something you do because it's a it's a stable paycheck and it's good benefits. In in, in my opinion, I mean I, I may be wrong. I don't know. I don't know that many cops. My uncle's a cop or was a cop for a long time, and and he's kind of racist. I mean, let's be honest here. And and I don't know that they all are uh, sure, but but if if the average amount of training that they get is eight hundred hours, and they're they're supposed to enforce the law. Like if you contrast that to what a, a lawyer has to fucking do to practice law, like it doesn't make any fucking sense. Or, or an EMT <laughs> or something like that, like or a fireman or an EMT. Cut somebody's hair. It's like like our, our, a good friend of mine's an esthetician. They they wax and and give you like facials and shit, right? Like that's at least a thousand hours. Yeah, and you have like, to go to school. You have to so get a license I, for that. <laughs> But but we're gonna give you 800 hours of training. We're gonna give you a gun and the ability to enforce the law. To inter in law. some ways, like interpret and enforce in this in in their right. own like they, they're all kind of all like, powerful. Yeah, yeah. At a certain yeah, point, they it seems like they are. As I mean, fuck, well, you know. They, they execute you. Oh, they, I agree. And they won't execute you. They won't execute me. Roger's got a pretty good chance. But <laughs> And and and, and, a, and a, even more so the black person, right? And so like, and then and then if you couple that with everything that's happened with this whole tough on crime, which essentially means, yeah, black people got kind of too big for their britches, and we're gonna we're gonna be tough on black people, right? Um, and that's just, that's I mean, if you read uh, the New Jim Crow or you know any of these these books that are 
They're great. Or even watch the 13th. Or the 13th. Like yeah, 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 some, yeah. That's something. Yeah. Or on brown people. And shout out to fucking Jeff Ott for fucking. You remember that that 15 shirt, the the lucky shirt, had on the back. Uh, the war on drugs is racist. I used to wear that. To <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, when I worked in Toro, I used to wear that shit to work, and everybody was like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "I don't fucking." Uh, and because I don't, you know, I don't. Nobody's ever. Nobody's ever. Yeah, you know, I've gotten away with shit. Like it's like a funny story I tell at parties when I get arrested, you know. But right. that could have been a death sentence for somebody like a person of color or something like that that could be a fucking like death sentence you know yeah you're making fun of a cop shooter and then you couple that with the 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 way the laws are written and the and the 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 concept of the war on drugs which is just you know supply side anything is is weird yeah you know it's 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 just there's no other conclusions that you can make i i'm 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 really heartened by by the kids because I because I see them because I've been you know I've been a couple of protests here in Riverside went to went there, there was thirty thousand fucking people in Hollywood on Sunday. What did you go to the 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 big one in Hollywood? We did, yeah, yeah, we did, and so uh, I was just like, holy shit! This, I mean, it literally goes on for fucking miles. Wow! And it's like all experienced by fucking twenty year olds and shit, and like just these kids who I, I saw a meme that was like, Gen Z is a you know gets anxiety about ordering ranch at a restaurant, but they'll body slam a fucking cop. Right, right, yeah. They keep showing up, (laughs) they keep showing up, and they keep getting their fucking asses kicked, and and, and it's it's changing. Like, more, maybe not enough, and it might go back, and I mean, you have all this ugliness against it, but fuck, man, Confederate shit, again, about fucking time, I mean. Right, yeah. (laughs) But but all the all the monuments that are coming down, fucking you know, uh, people getting getting fired from financial firms for being racist. I mean that yep. that used to be like an interview question, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, yeah. You're fucking hired, buddy. You know, like uh, it, it's he and these kids. I mean, they're just they're they're kind of wimpy, but they're fucking nuts. You there's know something I mean? to About, them. Yeah, uh, there's something to them. This is kind of like yeah, the right, the perfect storm for them to come into their own in a lot of ways, it seems like, you know, yeah. plus they've yeah. grown up, you know, they graduated from high school. There's no jobs, right? You know, there's no houses they can buy. There's nowhere they can live. Really? It's just, they've been fucked. And they have to work two or three jobs sometimes for, for younger mean, people. There's a lot of things involved that like our generation doesn't had didn't have to deal with and now they're coming into it like fuck what do we do and you see there's such a saturation of different things on social media you know good and bad and like with the with the murder of george floyd i think people saw that and they were like especially that gen z were like man fuck this shit you know and they fucking went out and they were like we're not fucking shutting up until something changes so I hope so. Anyways, oh yeah, you know it, they're it, keeping their foot on the gas, man. Out out here, it's been not maybe not so much in Riverside, which is kind of odd because it's a it's a, a big small city. You know what I mean? Like yes. the one protest we had out here was like six thousand. Well, there were two. There was like five, six thousand people. I, I don't. The second one was a little bit smaller, but the first one was fucking six thousand people. That's a lot. Um, that's a lot. That's it a is. lot in a little a, a fucking four square block area of downtown. You know what right. I mean? Like. First of all, they're master fucking trolls, right? They're way fucking meaner and funnier 
than even the meanest, dumbest shit that Donald Trump and his cronies have to fucking say. Right? Right. And they will, and they will fucking both like metaphorically and literally body slam fucking motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Breaking windows and burning cop cars and all this shit. I mean, it's how many people did we have to let die? You know, right in front of us. And and their the access to the information is like the same reason you can't buy a good like yeah, good luck getting over on them. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think I think these fuckers done fucked with the wrong uh, generation. I think so gonna, too. Yep. yep. Gonna ruin the fucking day, you know. So that's that's really. I, I don't care if their musical tastes are questionable or whatever, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm old. who cares? <laughs> it's heartening to see it's heartening to see this generation coming up being ready to take it to the streets and like duke it out and show people like no you know what fuck this like we're not having it anymore kind of thing that's kind of what led yeah. up to the civil rights movement in a way too in the 60s was all this shit you know the brown versus the board of education and then the 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 poor black folks are seeing like oh okay they'll let our kids into school now cool meanwhile there's KKK and white women fucking throwing shit at little kids walking in into school, you know, and that just built to a crescendo where they're like, we fucking had enough of your shit, you know? And that's almost what exactly. with the, like the Trump presidency and all that bullshit with the cops out of control, the economy in the shape that it's in and COVID all that shit all at once. And they're like, fuck this all right let's go you know and off they go so yeah. th- that's hopeful i mean it's hopeful it's it to see th- that there's people that want change obviously and i think it's something good it's going to come out of it it might be rough but there we go you know so yeah, i hope so me too hope me so too. i mean like like that's the deal right like this gets cagey you know it gets fucking cagey when you're dealing with people's lives and might might make some folks uncomfortable and man watching white people like especially like people like my age and better <laughs> being comfortable is like my favorite new sport on the internet you know it's just like <laughs> right yeah. that's been very hard and, and i've only seen that of late because really before that i was like we deserve this i mean if we let this happen to this many people uh or let this many people behave in this manner like kind of get what we deserve you know? sure yeah yeah well, let's do the last trivia question for the night question number seven final trivia question Nimrod is one of my favorite Green Day records. One song on that record, though, blah. Yes. Billy Joe says he wrote this song in 1993 about a girlfriend that moved to Ecuador and left him high and dry. This song went on to win the MTV Music Video Award for Best Alternative Video in 1998. The song appeared into the second to last episode of Seinfeld, and Glenn Campbell covered this song on his 2008 album, Meet Glenn Campbell. Yes, that hit record. This song has been a staple at high school graduations and proms ever since its release. Name this song off of Nimrod for me, please. Either one of us have it. Raj, you want to take it? <laughs> Dude, I can't remember the name. I know. Um, um, wrong. Oh, no. uh, uh, all right. Good riddance yeah. of your life. Good yeah, riddance. Good riddance time of your life. Fork, fork in the road. I know you I know you put your own drums to that song many of times. 
I think everybody's no, done that. No, I think everybody's no, done no, that. No, <laughs> no. Well, I no. they, they did a very drunk. It's not, it was like on MTV when MTV still did music. Carson Daly's fucking New Year's or something like that. I don't know. But they did a very drunk uh, full band electric cover, or not cover, but a version of Version of, that of song. it? Oh, no shit. And it was fucking great. It was fucking great. And it was kind of floppy, but, you know, whatever. But it was really good. Well, thanks for talking, man. It was awesome seeing you guys yeah, and talking fun. to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. You got Thank it. you. Nice seeing you. Well, there you have it, folks. The Turkish Techno Tracy Soto and Cigarette Machine Spectacular. Uh, we didn't really get to Cigarette Machine too much, though, did we? Honorable mentions to Aaron Ohio, who is kind of one of my favorite human beings out there. And I'm not just saying that because when he was a kid, he'd cover Tilt Wheel songs and throw them up on YouTube. That's how we met him. And Aaron Ohio, he was from Ohio. He didn't pick Ohio as his last name because Ohio sounds cool. Though when you put the two together, it does sound pretty cool. Aaron Ohio, everybody, let's let's give him a big hand real quick, okay? Great. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for being who you are. I, I still appreciate you. Also, Cigarette Machine does not have any recorded material at this time. When they do, rest assured, they will be back with their own episode. That's my plan. Uh, remind me, I'm old and I forget shit. Thank you also to the Riverside African American Historical Society and to the Mutual Aid Network of Los Angeles for the work that you do to make our communities a better place. A huge thanks, of course, to Andy and Roger of Turkish Techno, Tracy Soto, and Cigarette Machine for talking to me, and for being the rad people and friends of mine that you are. I really do appreciate the both of you. Uh, congratulations to one of you. I can't remember who won. And I haven't listened through, uh, I haven't edited the whole episode. I didn't bother to go back and see who actually won. So congratulations. It was really more of a tie. They both knew the answers to everything when we were doing the Zoom call. I could see them both sitting there with their hands up. Me, me, me. It's like, oh, fuck. I made it too easy. Way too easy for you guys. Way, way too easy. Lastly, as I always say, thank you for listening. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, please, if you can, contribute to the organizations mentioned in this episode. I would really appreciate it, and they would too. Keep fighting for justice. Keep fighting fucking racism. Keep fighting it. Keep doing good. Together, we're going to make this world a better place. I guarantee you we will. Here's Tracy Soto with the song, Takes Some Time.